0: No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.
2: Wrestling to the max. Smackdown.
1: Review. Up, this is our life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wrestling to the Max's SmackDown Live review. Once again, uh, Sean cannot be here. He's obviously he's still without power down there in Miami due to Hurricane Irma. So filling in once again is myself, Paul Leeser, with the usual suspect, Harry Broadhurst.
0: I, I feel like that's a nickname that I could use going forward. <laughs> it, 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 it would work. Because Tony has a nickname, too, for the reaction. He's the Down Since Day One co-host. Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> is Tony well, really that gangster?
0: <laughs> well, Tony's significantly more urban than I am, so it fits him. Okay. <laughs>
1: Uh, we are, of course, brought to you by 4 World one Mania, last word on ProWrestling.com, and, uh, of course, our own website, W2Mnet.com. You can find us also out there on the W2M Network. We got a whole host of podcasts associated with us outside of just our To The Max series, such as wrestling and football and MMA and all that, but lots of other great shows out there as well. Uh, you can find us on basically wherever podcasts are. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, I know we're on iHeartRadio now, which is pretty cool. Uh, YouTube, lots of different places. So all the plugs out of the way for now, at least, we can dive right into the Smackdown review, which opens with a wonderful video package recapping everything that happened between Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens last week. And then Kevin Owens comes out to be his absolutely wonderful dickish self as he welcomes us to the Kevin Owens show and starts talking about all the changes he's going to make since Shane McMahon is gone. And he also reveals that he didn't retaliate against Shane because he respects authority and all this other stuff. So he he talks about throwing Sami Zayn out of SmackDown. He talks about making uh, Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton, Saxton even wear the same suit since they sound the same, uh, canceling the fashion files, all these other things. Uh, Shane McMahon music's hits, uh, and we uh, we all have a small freak out, but it's Dolph Ziggler doing his thing, uh, which got a, a pretty good chuckle out of me, at least. Eventually, Daniel Bryan comes out to put an end to shenanigans and says, you know what, you're, you're really, really pushing it because obviously Vince is going to be here soon, and he's not really going to dig everything that you've been doing, Kevin. So I would prepare myself for when he does arrive. And Owen says he can't wait for him to get here either because he promises vince won't like what he has to say either so any thoughts about the opening segment before we get to that main event stuff
0: um Dolph ziggler as shane mcmahon needs to happen more often <laughs> that's <was> great <laughs> because maybe they could have Dolph fill in as shane as the uh the general manager for a while because that would be perfect mm-hmm. i could totally or the commissioner excuse me that would be perfect i could totally see that working no um I mean, honestly, kind of a time-waster segment to get Kevin Owens out there in front of the live crowd in order to get them ready for what was to come a little bit later on with Vince. You knew Vince wasn't opening the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, His first time on television in a couple of years, his first time in SmackDown in almost five years. So you knew that he was going to go on in the main event slot for the show itself. But all things considered, they did a nice job teasing what was to come, and what did come was quite the spectacle.
1: Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and cut to that. It's in the, the last little bit of the show here. Kevin Owens comes out once again. Vince struts on down to the ring. And uh, Owens calls, um, you know, he he hypes Vince up, says, you know, it's so great to be in the same ring with you, all this stuff. But you must be just as intimidated being in the ring with a caliber of person such as myself. And Vince basically lanes into him, says, uh, You know, I'm, I'm more nauseous having to be in here because, you know, you mocked Shane, you mocked my family, you're promising to sue everybody, all these other things. And really, I'm more upset that Shane didn't get a chance to finish the job, and that's why I suspended him so he would not kill you. Uh, <laughs> And then Vince threatens to fire Kevin Owens, of course, if he continues on with the lawsuit and says that even if he does want to keep on going with the lawsuit, he's basically going to outlast him before they ever make it to court. Because he has all of the money, and of course Kevin Owens only has a little money. So, eventually this all breaks down into Vince making a match between Shane and Kevin Owens in the Hell in a Cell, at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Which I think everybody probably saw coming. But Kevin adds a stipulation that so long he wants it uh, written down and he wants to handshake with Vince right now, that if he assaults a, a McMahon, then he will suffer no repercussions, to which Vince... Uh, agrees to and then Kevin Owens headbutts the living shit out of Vince busts him open the hard way and then just beats the crap out of him uh you have a bunch of officials try to pull him off he throws them away scrap iron Adam Pierce comes out uh trying to call Kevin Owens off from jumping on him from the top rope Kevin Owens however does not care about Adam Pierce and ends up frog splashing Vince and boy uh Stephanie comes out lays into him as he's walking away and this uh a very, very powerful picture moving forward. Uh, I, re- I really enjoyed this the whole way through. The Kevin Owens story, definitely one of the big reasons to watch this episode of SmackDown. Whoa, Harry.
0: It is, as I said on the group chat over on Facebook that we have the W2M Wrestling group chat there. Nobody takes an ass beating quite like Vince, even at 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, did Kevin Owens beat his ass. (laughs) I'm I'm sitting there watching that headbutt, and I'm like, okay, what? Did Kevin take notes from Jack Gallagher? Possible. I mean, he could not have thrown that thing any harder if he wanted to. I just hope that it wasn't like – because it looked full head-on-head, and I'm really hoping that they protected it somehow. Mm -hmm. Because knowing what we know about concussions this day and age, I I, – I get I get squeamish when it comes to headbutts. Mm-hmm. That being said, the rest of the beatdown—classic Dickie Owens. perfect, Absolutely. makes sense, made complete character sense for him. You're going to bust my balls for not standing up to Shane. Well, how about this, old man? Mm-hmm. And then the screw you, Adam Pierce, frog splash was just the icing on the cake. The only <laughs> thing that I dislike. The only thing that I disliked was that Stephanie had to come out and get her face on screen at the end of the segment because God knows that no wrestler can look taller than Stephanie.
1: Naturally. Uh, And, and, you know, segue all that because the Mae Young Classic was this evening as well, and she's obviously in the building. I I thought it made sense. uh, And and it at least probably already has you thinking that maybe Triple H might uh, try to come in and settle this somewhere down the line, maybe?
0: Another... Another thought that came up inside of the uh, the W2M wrestling chat over on Facebook as well.
1: Very true. Uh, Larry also mentions it in his review over on 411 as well. The,
0: uh, only, the, only, the only question I would have for that is do you think that's something that they go through at Rumble or do you think they save that for Mania?
1: I guess it depends on what happens between now and Hell in a Cell and how that goes. Because if you're looking to take this to Mania – uh, and don't get me wrong, I feel like this would be a great WrestleMania match for sure Just because there is so much unfinished business between Kevin Owens and Triple H Since the whole Universal title uh, transfer and all that it, uh, it would make for an incredibly interesting story for sure And I don't know, um, I think they should do it at Mania I don't know if you should maybe do it at the Rumble uh, But that is a long way to go
0: my other question, too, is how are fans going to respond to a babyface Triple H, given the fact that everything we've seen him in recently, he's been kind of leaning heel, if not outright heel, such as the storyline with Seth Rollins. You know,
1: I mean, we haven't seen him since uh, WrestleMania, at least as far as WWE TV goes. We've seen her seen him, obviously, on NXT and uh, the Classic, of course. But uh, I don't know. You know, it's different reactions depending on where he goes I feel like if you build this up well enough to where he's just beating the piss out of McMahon's all the time, then naturally it's it's just going to make sense for him to get involved and try to ride to the rescue. Uh, and whether he actually gets to do so or not, I don't know, but I, I think this is a great match just because I don't know who else on the roster Triple H could face anymore to try to make them feel like a bigger star that is positioned as well as somebody like a Kevin Owens, unless he wanted to face AJ Styles, but I think AJ has already been penciled in for... For something else at WrestleMania.
0: And someone else at WrestleMania, someone that happens to have a violin with him on occasion.
1: Happens to, and of course they have this huge history as well, on an equally big stage if you ask me as well, so.
0: I don't know about that, but I know you're kind of a New Japan apologist, so I'll let you slide on this one.
1: I wouldn't say apologist, I've been around for a while, but... (laughs) Uh, Enough about all that though, that's just... Some great intrigue and all that going on there. Um, lots of title matches on this show, too. The first one up is AJ Styles defending the U.S. title against Ty Dillinger. Uh, I enjoyed the match all the way up until you have Baron Corbin run down because I I just don't care. I, I really don't. I've lost a lot of interest in him. I like Ty, but I, I think you were onto something earlier. when I think it was you uh, a couple of weeks ago on the SmackDown Review who mentioned the possible triple threat here between these three, which... Very much feels like it could be a thing.
0: Uh, I don't think it'll happen on the uh, SmackDown television show, though. I think we're going to look at a triple threat match between these guys at Hell in a Cell. I agree. And the reason I say that is because you had Corbin get involved in the match tonight running down while Dillinger kind of had control or while Styles had control. Styles ended up knocking Corbin off the apron with the phenomenal forum, but got rolled right up by Dillinger, so Dillinger wasn't afraid to take advantage of the situation, which I thought was an interesting storyline development as well. The other thing, too, that you had was uh, Baron Corbin laying out both guys after the match and then challenging Styles. So I fully expect that Dillinger's going to get involved in Corbin's title match should that occur next week on SmackDown.
1: I I would expect the same as well. Um, And and I really dig this. I I like Ty in this. If this segues into maybe Ty and Baron afterwards, I think that'd be a really smooth move. That way you can have AJ keep doing what he wants to do um, with the U.S. title just because I feel like this is such a, a grit great fit for him um maybe until next year maybe he wins the rumble next year i i think that would be really cool
0: your thoughts on your thoughts on aj kicking out of the tiebreaker
1: i think they needed that to try to make you at least think that ty had a shot here and to that end i'm okay uh with it for the most part i don't know i Finishers don't really mean – they're not as protected in WWE as they used to be, obviously, I, a long time ago, or in any other promotion, I would argue.
0: I would agree with that to an extent, but at the same time, when it's somebody that's still relatively new to the main roster like Dillinger is, I would have had him save himself with, like, a foot on the rope or something rather than a straight kickout. It was one of the things that always bothered me about the, uh, the Cena U.S. Open Challenge as well is that Cena would almost always kick out of the other guy's finisher, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I mean, they still, it always made you at least buy into the fact that they had a shot, at the very least. So, I I think I'm okay with it.
0: Alright, fair enough.
1: Yeah, I was okay with it then, I'm okay with it now. Um, Rusev gets interviewed backstage, he was embarrassed at SummerSlam, he went home to Bulgaria to recharge. However, he was less than well-received, they looked at him as a failure he has returned now to prove that he is not a loser and knows what he has to do to get back uh, into the shape, of swing of things. Excuse me. He must break a, leg, a legend. Whether that means he's going to keep feuding with Randy or not, uh, I don't know. But I need, I need more. I guess.
0: Um, there aren't a whole lot of legends on the SmackDown roster <laughs> right now.
1: I don't know if I would I actually mean, consider Orton a legend yet either, but
0: <laughs> um. Maybe in his own mind.
1: Yeah, maybe in his own mind. It's true. Maybe he's gonna break. You know Daniel. what?
0: The, I just I don't see them. I don't. I don't see them pulling the trigger on an in-ring return for Brian. I don't either. As many doctors as Daniels trying to see as many things as he's trying to undergo in order to get ring clearance. I just don't see the WWE ever giving it to him. Yeah. Unfortunately, there aren't a whole lot of people who I can think of that fit the legend bill for. Rusev to uh, to break. The only person that I could really think of that he might be referring to other than somebody like Orton theoretically would be like Shinsuke Nakamura.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, unless he's going to follow Cena around over to Raw or something like that.
0: The free agent Rusev.
1: Yeah, maybe so. Uh, God, I really don't want to talk about this segment. The scenes bring out gender. Gender makes fun of Shinsuke using PowerPoint. It's very racist. It's very awful. Uh, <laughs> and uh, eventually they, he gets to the part where he starts talking to his people. Th- this was terrible. This was just it, it. Absolutely killed the show for me.
0: I had to use the restroom during this segment, and I feel like a better person for it.
1: Oh, great use of your time. Great, great, great. use of your time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, my use of the bathroom didn't stink as much as this segment did.
1: Oh. Good news.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Just I, I thought you'd be interested in that knowledge.
1: Yeah. I feel smarter now. Thanks. Uh thanks Harry. Uh
0: how about this? How about this? Your computer problems didn't suck as much as this segment did.
1: I, I would absolutely agree. <laughs> absolutely agree. Although I might have been just as pissed off by the time they were all done. <laughs>
0: Uh, you know what? I, I actually did catch bits and pieces of it uh, once I got done using the restroom, so I, I can kind of comment there. I can see where people will come up with the uh, with the racial slant on it. At the same time, I think that they might try to they may try to get a pass in the fact that it's another foreigner making the uh, the comments. I mean, technically, gender's Canadian slash Canadian <laughs> Indian, Canindia- Canindian? I think that Canindia- I think that works. Canindian? I Canindian. think I'm going to go with that. Yeah, Canindian. C A N I D I A N. Yeah, Canindian. I'm going to go with that. All right, moving on. Um so maybe not as maybe won't come off quite as bad as it would had it been like an American heel making the same kind of statements. But at the same time, this it's, it's, uh, this is xenophobia is the exact thing that gen, gender has been commenting about people discriminating against him for, and it'll be interesting to see if they go anywhere with him doing the same thing to a fellow foreigner.
1: It would be interesting if that is what Shinsuke brings up, if he gets another promo or something like that you Is is you've, you've sort of turned into the picture that these people have painted you into or that you believe they've painted you into when really you just suck. So, <laughs> uh, But racism, no matter where it comes from, is still racism. I, I don't think you get a pass just because they might have thought, well, he he's foreign, so if he's being racist, it's no big deal. Not so.
0: Um, to paraphrase an old Dennis Green line, they are who we thought they were. There we go.
1: Uh, let's talk about the SmackDown Tag Team title match which was awesome. The Usos defend against the New Day, Big E, and Kofi Kingston. Are Christen. you
0: surprised?
1: Uh, a little.
0: I, really? Because I'm not at all.
1: I was not expecting them to get as much time as it felt like they did, although looking at the match time of 11.25, that feels shorter uh, than what they got. Because this felt like it went it's almost short. 15, but I, I loved this match for sure.
0: You got to think that like the first 3 minutes of that were chopped by the commercial. So the fact that they went like almost 9 minutes straight without a commercial break there is what made the match seem longer than it was.
1: I would uh, I would agree with you on that for sure.
0: And they definitely maintained a much more aggressive pace once they came back from the commercial than they did going to the commercial break, which I think makes sense as well. <laughs> because while it's cool for the people in attendance to give them a signature spot or two, why blow through all your big stuff on the commercial breaks?
1: I agree. I agree. Entirely. That being,
0: that being said, these four, well, five technically if you count Xavier, can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. They're right. single-handedly they're single-handedly keeping the SmackDown tag team division afloat right now because nobody else on the SmackDown tag division is built up enough to be be considered a, a credible challenger to either team. Mm-hmm.
1: It's very true. Uh, and It's something that we constantly harp on, uh, whether you're listening to SmackDown or Raw, uh, because it's a problem both divisions have. Uh, like I said, I was surprised. I felt like they got more time than what they actually got. I was not surprised that it was this good. Uh, I know these guys work well together. I know that they can do all these great things. But a lot of these spots were awesome. I, the finish was phenomenal, if you ask me. Uh, the New Day end up winning. They they are your new SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions, and I would not be shocked if this keeps on going.
0: I feel like they're trying to set up the New Day to become one of those all-time tag team ring things, like Mm -hmm. what we saw with the uh, Raw Women's Division. And I want to give credit where credit is due here, too, wrestling to the max Randy Rollins, that I think people need to start yelling about the way that they're constantly hot-shotting the SmackDown tag titles the same way they did the Raw Women's bout as well. I want to give credit to Randy on that, because Randy's 100% correct. Mm -hmm. As somebody that... As somebody that respects the tradition of professional wrestling, I dislike the constant title changes.
1: I've never been a fan of hot-shotting championships either, but it's a very common thing in this newer age of wrestling, especially on WWE TV where they have so much content. I think they feel like they need to keep it fresh by doing these hot-shot things. Well, not to mention...
0: Good. Not to mention it also gives the fans live in attendance an excuse to say, hey, I saw a title change tonight. Awesome. I wonder what will happen the next time they come here.
1: Right. And there's, I think there's a mentality in both writers' rooms and just in WWE in general, too, that hot-shotting championships create stories. And it does to an extent, but I don't know if it it devalues a championship while ele- while attempting to elevate workers. And I don't know if it's ever truly paid off, you know?
0: Well, it is as uh, it is as I have often heard said, uh, the belt doesn't make the worker, the worker makes the belt. Right. And if you want to just have the storyline of these four slash five with Xavier once again, guys going at it over the prestigious SmackDown Live tag team titles, then by all means, let that be your story. There's no need to constantly hotshot the belts back and forth. Mm-hmm.
1: I would agree. Uh we get some shots of Ronda Rousey in the crowd, and then uh, we don't even get to see the women's entrances. They just—they're—they're uh, they're already in the ring. They get announced. Carmella is on commentary. She's got James Ellsworth on a leash at ringside. Uh, so now our Basham reference looks pretty spot on, Harry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe again. <laughs>
1: Uh, Natty ends up winning with a sharpshooter after Carmella gets involved. Ends up distracting him. They both get pissed. Uh, Naomi does a dive that eventually leads to her downfall. I, this was she did
0: get she did get to punch James Ellsworth. Though part of me thinks he probably liked it. If last week has taught us anything,
1: it's <laughs> <That's> very true. <laughs> Puts a whole new spin on that thing they had with Becky Lynch and James Ellsworth going for a while too. Ah! <laughs> But yes, Natalia is still your champion. I, this match was fine; it wasn't anything over the top special.
0: Um, now that Asuka's going to Raw, where do you think the women's title on SmackDown goes from here? Because obviously Naomi's done. They're not going to have Tamina feud with with uh, Natalia. while she's the champion? Who's the next challenger? Do they go back to Natalia and Becky again?
1: Uh, I mean Charlotte's
0: still around. Well, that's, tr- that's true. That's true.
1: I, uh, she hasn't
0: I, done anything in like a month, so I forgot about her. Oh, well, I mean,
1: when your dad is – Her dad.
0: Know, yeah, her dad was dying. kind of on death. <laughs> her, her dad was on death's door for a while, which, by the way, great to see him up and moving again.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, for sure. And I, I, this- I just – when it comes to WWE, I never count Charlotte out of anything.
0: I mean, Charlotte and Natalya would be an interesting story. They've told it in NXT before, and they told it spectacularly well, in my opinion, at the the second NXT Takeover. I want to say it was which one? Fatal Four Way? No, that. Was... Uh, I'm. I'm it, it was the second NXT Takeover. It was the one after Arrival, because they did. Uh, maybe it was just called Takeover. Because it was uh, Charlotte versus Natalya for the uh, for the vacant NXT Women's title that Paige had vacated when she came up to Raw and won the Women's title on Raw from AJ Lee, so it would have been yeah, it would have been Takeover just takeover, with, uh, right. with Ric Flair in Charlotte's corner and Bret Hart and Natalia's
1: right, and that's uh, that's a lot of match people probably point to as Women's Revolution starter, even though I would argue that Paige and Emma's first match on the arrival was equally as spectacular, but. Neither here nor there, but yeah, no, I, I would I would be okay if they wanted to do Natty and Charlotte again.
0: I completely agree with you on the Paige and Emma thing. I just recently rewatched that match for NXT Arrival, the Wrestling Unwrapped episode, which you can find in our archives, and that match holds up today.
1: Yeah, it's a it's phenomenal. Uh, and it really makes you think why why aren't they doing more with Emma at this point?
0: But we're just... and why does why does Paige have to be so batshit crazy?
1: Well, you know, (laughs) you see your mother, you could put it together.
0: (laughs) Okay. In fairness, there is a, how do I, there is a method to Saraya's madness. Paige is just nuts.
1: (laughs) Fair point. Fair point. Uh, I want to talk about this just because I found this segment quite funny uh, Kevin Owens approaches Aiden English about maybe doing a new theme song for the Kevin Owens <laughs> yes! show. And English singing it in Kevin Owens' face during it are, are just absolutely priceless. <laughs> Kevin- I I
0: know for I I know for a fact there is no one in Stamford listening to this. But if by some odd chance there is, push Aiden English. <laughs> The drama king is one of the more entertaining aspects of SmackDown on a weekend and week out basis.
1: I would agree. I, I think the stuff like this is just perfect for him, too. So. Uh, and, and not to mention Kevin Owens' face, on, especially that zoom in as the segment's ending, is just, that's bound to be a gif somewhere in it by now. Uh, Dolph Ziggler comes out, makes fun of some more entrances, whatnot. That
0: That bastard stole the Bailey buddies. How dare he?
1: He did. He stole them. He used them. He said they sucked. (laughs) He then
0: uh, makes fun... Bailey was in attendance, too. She had to witness the thievery of her Bailey buddies.
1: Take that, Bailey.
0: Dolph's eating a Bailey to belly tonight.
1: (laughs) Uh, He also makes fun of the Ultimate Warrior's entrance. And I think he's finally getting down to something of a point is... Entrances and all these over the top things that people are using to try to trick you should matter. It should matter about what uh, what you do in the ring, and that's what he's the best at. And he doesn't think anybody can touch him. I I really like this. Is, it might have been the best one they've done of this so far, just because it finally got to the point of the matter. And I and I I kind of dig this. We talk about entrances a lot on NXT, especially because it makes it. I almost feel like the big entrances in NXT, if you have them, makes them point to, we want this guy to be a big deal.
0: I mean, I understand where you're coming from here, but at the same time, and I know this is the smart side of me coming out, and it is what it is here. It's really hard to care about a guy that has possibly a month and a half left on his contract. Mm -hmm. It's really hard for me to get invested in somebody who I'm fairly certain won't be around come... Survivor Series, or by the Royal Rumble.
1: Uh, it's very I, possible.
0: I, I love Ziggler as a performer. I always have. Mm-hmm. I, his matches with Miz last year were phenomenal. Absolutely. Over the Intercontinental title. It was the best work of Dolph's career. hmm At the same time, though, it was then and there, once Miz moved over to Raw, that Dolph's push ended with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just unfortunate that they can't decide, they can't get a constant read on what they want to do with Ziggler because while I agree with him in the fact that in ring there are very few that are as good as he is, charisma-wise he's always been lacking something.
1: I would agree with you to a certain aspect. I don't think promos have ever been his strong suit. I will absolutely give that to everybody if they bring that up, but I think inside the ring he's he's damn near untouchable as far as connecting with an audience uh,
0: no I agree it's mm-hmm. th- the problem is is when they want their champions to talk on the microphone and Ziegler very rarely has been able to pull off a competent co- coherent promo mm-hmm. I agree he's He's got that almost he could almost make the similar knock to a guy like Roman Reigns when it comes to Dolph Ziggler.
1: I I mean perfectly, Roman is a bit better.
0: Perfect, perfectly perfectly competent at holding himself in the ring, but when he gets out of the ring, he's out of his element. Mm. Is what I mean by that.
1: I I think that's fair. Uh I it, I just I don't think they give Roman the right spin on promos. They've tried very much with Dolph to find different directions for promos for him to work, and none of them have ever stuck. So, like I said, I'm willing to give people that point all day on Dolph.
0: I feel, I feel like if Dolph is leaving, he needs to enter as a caddy at least one last time. <laughs> he
1: could, and I if either, he does leave, the New Japan's got themselves a new star they can work with.
0: I either want him as Caddy Ziggler or as Nicky from the Spirit Squad. I mean, it's got
1: to be Caddy Ziegler. That's just wrestling history I think people would care to forget. But if they don't throw that out there one more time, I'd be
0: kind of sad. <laughs> oh, my question now becomes, is is Chavo Kerwin available?
1: You know, I know, I think he's retired from the in Well, I don't know if he's retired from the in-ring stuff. I know he's not with Lucha anymore as far as an in-ring aspect goes. So,
0: But he, I think he is still working behind the scenes, and I believe he's under one of those seven-season contracts. Right. Uh,
1: I know he had um, him and Santino Morella. He had Santino's last match. So, Fun fact. Fair,
0: fare thee well, Mr. Morella. Fare yeah. thee well.
1: <laughs> uh, and I guess the last thing we really have to talk about on this show is this tag team match between Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable where they take on the Hype Bros. Uh, Benjamin and Gable get the victory here uh, with a sort of a doomsday device variation that I, I kind of like. And as uh, the match it ends, like Mo- a
0: pa- just real quick, it looked like, like a power bomb with a hooking lariat.
1: Yes. Yeah, very, very interesting for sure. Uh, the, the hype pros stick around to shake hands afterwards. Mojo does. And uh, Zach just sort of looks at him, kind of scoffs and, and uh, storms off they've been teasing a lot of trouble with the Hypros recently since uh, really since Zach has been back. So wasn't altogether shocking. I've always been a fan of Ryder personally. I think Mojo has something that they can work with. Uh, I don't know where that goes, but I, I'm okay with Gable and Benjamin still. I think they got a long way to go as far as I think connecting as a team, but they work well together.
0: Some matching gear would help.
1: I mean, Shelton just got here, man. You got to give him some
0: <laughs> <laughs> That was the first thing I noticed when they came out, though, is how different their gear was. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, as far as the hype bros go, I'm going to take you all the way back to 1997, 1998 here. Okay. And I know for a lot of our listeners, this is probably maybe a little bit before their time frame, but I'm sure this is a reference you'll get. You remember the Constantly T. Steiner breakup back then? Yes. To the point that once it finally happened, no one cared. Yep. Um, They keep pushing the button with the hype bros here any further, and nobody's going to care again. Mm -hmm. And I can guarantee you that Mojo and Zach in 2017 WWE are nowhere near as popular as Rick and Scott were in 1997
1: WCW. Very true. Very, very true.
0: So. You are very rapidly running the risk of the fans not caring at all about their breakups, and both of them just becoming another guy. Mm-hmm. Mojo had the opportunity to become a breakout star earlier in the year with his win in the The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and his interaction with with Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. But all of that momentum was pretty much curtailed once Ryder came back, and then they haven't done anything with them since. Right,
1: uh, and admittedly, they did feed Mojo to gender as well on on his rise to power as well. So. That certainly does nobody any favors, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, that about covers it for everything that went down this episode of SmackDown. So, unless you got anything else you want to talk about, we need to review or put a number on this bad boy. How about that?
0: Don't hinder gender, Paul. Too late. They should have hindered that segment. However, they should have absolutely. <laughs> it's yes. Awful. It's so bad. Uh, my final score for tonight's episode of SmackDown is a 7. Mm. I was thoroughly entertained by, the, two title ma- by the, uh, the title matches. I thought the tag team title match and the U.S. title match were both very good. The women's title match was slightly above average, but considering that I am not a fan of one of the performers, I don't think it's exactly a secret on this show. I've made it clear that I am not the biggest fan of Naomi. It was still competent, despite being treated as the least important of the three title matches tonight. Yep. Um, the main thing that everybody's going to take away is Kevin Owens kicking the absolute shit out of Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that you had to do in order to give Kevin Owens that edge once again because it's something that has been missing from Kevin probably since he lost the universal title to Goldberg after laying out Jericho in the Festival of Friendship. Yeah, so I'm going with a seven.
1: I don't know if seven feels right to me. I think I'm looking more at maybe a six and a half, uh, just because I did happen to see all of that gender promo where you didn't. And, uh, (laughs) God, that really bit me in the ass on, it just brought everything to a halt. Uh, like you said, the U S title SmackDown tag team title match, both great. Kevin Owens work throughout the entire episode was absolutely stellar. Uh, and everything else is just sort of stuff happening. And then that's, that's good too. So, uh, it's just that that took away so much from the show if you ask me so i'm I'm leaving it at six and a half uh you want to plug anything my, before we roll oh go ahead
0: just real quick my big takeaway though more aid in english
1: more aid in english
0: for sure um Well, I I mentioned it during the show, so I'll plug it again here. Wrestling Unwrapped is live and back-updated once again, thankfully. All of our current episodes are now available to be listened to, including all of our August 1998 flashbacks for... Oh boy, here we go again. Heatwave, Road Wild, and SummerSlam 1998, The Highway to Hell. In addition, you can also check out our reviews for Rise Volume 1, and we just did first wrestling's Wrestlepalooza 8 out of uh, a company out of Minnesota owned by the anarchist Eric Cannon very entertaining show plus boobs you know always fun I'll explain off air I I Uh, produced
1: that show I know what you're talking about (laughs) oh yes you, you were there for that show
0: yeah, that is right. You did sit in as our producer for that show, which makes it all the more funny. All right. And then um, <laughs> we come back to you once again this Sunday night as we do the very first WCW slash NWA pay-per-view. We go back to 1989 for the Bunkhouse Stampede.
1: Oh, what a fun show that is. What a fun show.
0: Uh and- We'll talk about all of the other fun stuff that is involved with the backstory of how this show became a thing as well, too, with the way that they decided to screw with a certain WWE staple at the time as well with it.
1: Sounds like fun. Uh, So that should be a fun listen for everybody out there. Uh, I, I of course, I do Wrestling the Max. Uh, We do the Raw. We do Raw reviews. We do NXT reviews that me and Gary do. Uh, Normally, Sean does SmackDown in 205. However, like I said at the beginning, I'm sitting in for him this week again. Uh, And then, of course, we also do episodes that are available to you Tuesday and Friday on the download. Of course, we are also on 411 Mania and Last Word on ProWrestling.com. And, uh, of course, our own website, W2Mnet.com. All sorts of great stuff out there for you to find. So uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for hanging out with us. And enjoy the rest of your week the following podcast is a w2m network original production visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts plus news reviews articles and opinions from the worlds of wrestling video games football and entertainment it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when
0: you win